Welcome to The Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners, away from the everyday bustle, where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. and welcome to the savvy founder and i am philip topham the savvy founder and armchair sociologist and as you always know people sort of snicker when they hear armchair sociologist but you'll hear a little bit of the flavor of uh how i got that moniker as i asked some questions about uh, relationships and developing uh, communities and that sort of stuff today i am joined in the studio with ash kumra uh he and i met quite a while ago when you're at Evo Nexus, welcome, Ash. Hey, man! It's super happy to be here. I love everything that you're doing, man. Yeah. Do you remember when we first met? Uh, I think it was at the Evo Nexus uh, CEO breakfast. Uh, you know, founder breakfast that were being done. Yeah, I know. I met you there, very likely, but I know afterwards. I believe in the near future from there, I met you at Eureka when you were um, when you were having some office space there, which is where I'm right now. Um, yeah. I still have office space here. Oh yeah, that's where I got to know you. I got to know you better at Eureka um, when we used to have our morning talks and stuff, or during the day and stuff when you weren't doing your um, business coaching. Yeah, exactly, and and that's where you you'd ask me something. And I remembered answering it. And you said, dude, <laughs> you know, you, you should do a podcast. And uh, it was the third person. You, you were like, boom, boom, boom. The third person that said that. And as somebody that didn't really grow up on the stage or that sort of stuff, it got me, hmm, what, what, what does this mean? What should I be doing? And uh, went on this journey. And so I'm really super stoked to have you on the show because you got me on this path. And so uh, why don't we, so, so for, thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. So first I'd like to, you've had a, a long uh, history with entrepreneurship and maybe you can give a, a thumbnail sketch of how you got involved with entrepreneurship and, and introduce the audience uh, to your, yourself in that regards. Yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, one thing we, we could talk about this, but whether you're an entrepreneur or you're anything else that is um, when you're working on things that you like, um, it's always fluid. So what I'm going to tell you right now is not what I might have told you a year ago or two years ago. Um, I'm right now really into creating content around your own personal brand and the companies that I'm involved with or I advise or co-found are around content that can help people tap into their own kind of personal brand psyche. Um, I've come to a point and this interview is being done in, um, you know, April of 2021 that your most person, your personal brand is like your most valuable currency. And when you figure out your personal brand and you figure out that's how you become the most valuable self, whether you found a company, whether you, um, join as a founding team or you're as an advisor or you're a phenomenal coach like yourself um you 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 use this personal brand to like just define who you are and so for me i am on a mission to be very creative and be a storyteller and to, so other so to inspire the people to develop their own personal brand their own story oh that's wonderful yeah it it's it, it aligns really well 
with a lot of what I tell founders and entrepreneurs. Uh, there's, in my mind, there's two kinds of entrepreneurs. The, the ones that wake up and say, I want to be like Elon Musk. I want to be rich. Yep. Right. And then there's yep. the entrepreneur that says, I have something as a gift. I, I need to give that to the world. I need to solve this problem and I'm going to solve this problem. Right. And they're, they're, they have this purpose. Right. When they understand that, they seem to do really well. Is that something you've found in, in your uh, journeys? So it sounds yeah, like I, it. I have, I have. Um, and it's very interesting. Um, God, I feel like I just, I, I feel like I'm like, I came off some like, you know, spiritual trek because I'm going to sound very esoteric and woo woo for a second, but um, I've grown a lot this year, um, 2021. And part of 2022, and it wasn't because of the pandemic. I mean, obviously, um, it's an unfortunate for many, but I I reached a point where I didn't feel fulfilled internally as much as I should have. I I felt externally, it's great. I mean, I'm I'm humbled that um, you know my LinkedIn, like you said, has a lot of cool things, and I've done some great things. I've helped build some companies. I've written books, and you know all that external stuff, but I felt that it wasn't really who I am. And why I'm bringing this up is because I feel that when you get too comfortable with where you are in your life, um, you feel frustrated. And I, and I felt that I'm now embracing this level of uncomfortability where like, I'm going back to my roots of to what I really love, which is creating content. I bring this up because you talked to me five, 10 years ago, I might've been like, oh, I'm going to be, if I was saying I want to create content, would have been for business reasons. Oh, I'm going to create content because there's a big market for YouTubers or there's a big market for podcasting. There's a big market for, you know, news content because I could get my company bought and sold and like, I don't think like that anymore. I, I'm now like, what do I do every day that can make me happy? And when I found out that what I do can make me happy can actually translate into making money, it's like a win-win. And so that's kind of how I see entrepreneurship now, like doing what makes you happy authentically, there will be money opportunities alongside. Yeah, I, I as somebody that's gone on my own journey uh, and, and hence even my the podcast cover has got a picture of a path and, and yeah. that path came uh, interestingly uh, from me being in ninth grade, the creative writing, I had to write a poem and it was about the path and the journey. Uh, and I've lived my life with experiences. So I, I'm, uh, I'm sometimes accused of being the, um, uh, the generalist and I don't know anything, but I like to say I'm the serial specialist you know, when I get interested in something, I dive really into it. And that has been uh, what I've done. I'm, ad I'm addicted to ideas. And when you said, hey, that was great. You should do a podcast. That's when I knew I needed to share those ideas with a whole lot more people because I can help save a lot of time. And that's that's become my purpose to help that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's It makes the day go by so much quicker and, and nicer. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think the reason why I said that to you is so when I say creativity, it doesn't just mean like me where I do content, like I create videos and podcasts or write books. Being creative means um, doing something that aligns your, your gift in a, in a way that no one has seen it yet before. So the reason why I was telling you that, if I can be candid, I've sure, actually never absolutely. shared this with you. Yeah, yeah no, um, that's, please do. Um, 
the reason why I said that to you, because I was thinking about that. You told me that you gave me that flattering email a few weeks ago and you brought it up when we last spoke. And I was wondering like, how does what I am at, how did I, why did, why would I say that to you? And I now know why I have this thing where when I see someone with a, with a gift for something, and if they're not utilizing it in that creative way, again, utilizing something that's authentic to them, but, but not utilize but in a way that's people haven't seen yet from that person. I've seen you as a coach. I've seen you at Tritech. I've seen you at the, you know, Eureka stuff, guiding people. I've seen, I saw you at the original Evo Nexus stuff. That's, that's fine. You do that. But just to be frank, there's so many other business coaches out there and you're obviously a better one because you've been at it for a while. But then I thought when I gave you that advice, it was because what if someone with your unique background, with all the years and all the founders and business people that you've coached and guided, what if you're able to extrapolate that into some audio content or video content or some podcast format? That would be interesting. Um, and that's why I gave you that idea. That was my way of trying to get you at the time to be creative. Cool. I, I appreciate that. And it really did. It, it pushed me to say, hey, I'm not using my voice enough. I'm not sharing what I know. And I've got on this uh, thing of, of uh, a, a part of it is like mental models. Like one of my coaching styles is, you know, if I use something two or three times, it's a mental model. Like everybody has a mental model, right? Like it's, um, the, it's the, whether it's the 80-20 rule or they go into negotiations, those are priceless, right? Somebody behind us and somebody around us could learn from those. So do you have any things that you say like two or three times in a week that you're always saying? Yeah, um, stumped you. Right, man, oh. No, I... I um, do you, do you yeah. understand the concept of mental models? Like, yeah. Yeah, most, I know what you're saying. You're like affirmations and stuff like that? But yeah, yeah, affirmations are, are like, uh, for example, um, for people that are pitching businesses, right? They, yeah, they, have to, no. they have difficulty pitching businesses, right? They're doing the pitch deck, they're raising money. And one of the things I always tell them is, is ideas are worthless, revenues are priceless, surround yourself with smart people, right? Yeah. So I, I think, um, I think the way I see the world and I, I love that question actually. Um, and I, I understand what mental model is. I mean, it's kind of the thought process out of, you know, how something could work in our day and time. And I like to use, um, I like to just use my own journey. So I think the bad way to pitch a mental model is to use these, these like flagrant, these like, you know, third party, the world is ending like this. The world is now entering a time where iPhones are now the norm. That doesn't apply. Instead, I would say, look, I'm a guy who is into technology and I use the iPhone every day. And the way I see the iPhone is that it's this application that could be the ultimate content generation machine. And I realized after creating this content, I have to realize from there that, you know, there was a gap. And from that gap, I decided to go create it. That's how I see things. And so for me right now, I feel that there is this, content create there's this need for authentic content to be created out there and i and i instead of barking about it and trying to lecture others i decided to go all in and like just go really into creating content so that's how i see the world yeah so so help me understand what does it mean real authentic content right yeah so 
It's the it's the new word that everybody wants to yeah, search for. Yeah, so, so video I, and- I I think it's about following a passion, not a trend. So a great example is um, so I, I I talked to you about this offline um, when we last spoke, but I'm really spending a lot of time in comedy right now. Like you asked me, you know, before we started the interview, how's my life going right now? And I'm like, all I'm thinking about is comedy, and it's not because I have no. I'm not telling you right now. I have no intention of being a stand-up comedian, at least not yet. It's not in my near future. <laughs> like I'm not planning to. Like it's not like I'm not doing this. It's, not, it's like, not on your bucket list of something you got to get done. Like or yeah, you're fearless. Like yeah. like there's a guy I work with, a coach, and he had to go to the improv and do stand-up comedy for the night. Right? He had to do yeah. that. It was on his bucket list. He'd taken four years to get up the courage to be on stage, but it was one of the things he needed to do. Yeah, so you're, have, you're not doing that, right? Yeah, I have no issue to doing that. But um, but the reason why I'm into comedy right now is because I admire how, how, um, how, how vulnerable and real those people are. And I am trying to redevelop my own podcasting kind of voice. And I have found that, I process and understand myself and even frankly find therapeutic when I see comedians, whether it's comedians getting interviewed in like a podcast with Joe Rogan interviewing someone or seeing a stand-up comedy, which I've been doing a lot of last few weeks. And so that is an example of authentic. And you, you talk to most comedians, they're just like regular men and women. And now they who are just, expressing what's going on in their life and oftentimes they're a little more negative they see the world a little more gloomy and it's like fascinating to me because i'm more of this eternal optimist so i tend to i tend to just learn from the contrast and so that's an example of being authentic um someone else who is an authentic content creator authentic voice is someone who's like look I had a personal pain and I saw something and I decided to go all in, or I found a hobby of mine and I couldn't find a product. So I decided to go create it. These are all authentic voices and examples. And I feel that in this day and age where everything's being scrutinized, everyone's watching every move, you have the authentic voices, the authentic creators is the future. Yeah. Is this, is that uh, because you know, everything's cookie cut. Is that a, is that a reaction to the internet? So what, what would a, you know, a new social media, you know, everybody that's starting companies has to think about their content strategy and what they're doing. And so how, how does a a startup lean into that authenticity? What does that look like? They got to be very, they got to be all in on their idea. So, you know, your idea is all in if, no matter how many investors, no matter how many advisors, mighty coaches, no offense, or other types of people might poo-poo the idea, the person has to believe in it to a, to a fault. Now, I believe your role, advisors, investors, and all these other outside participants who are here to help guide you, at least with the, the right ones, I should say, they're there to make it better, but they're not there to change you or change the idea. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, yeah, yeah. My role is to is to help with the conviction around the idea, yep. right? And 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 hold up a mirror to their own skills. Like where's where's the where's their strengths and where's their weaknesses, and help them, you know, find other people. Like I go back to the you know, surround yourself with great people. Yeah, the business is not a individual sport; it's a team sport. At the end of the day, you have to have customers, partners, all these other things, and you. you attracting them to your business is really important. But at the core, that founder, they set up the culture. 
you know, and if, if they're true to themselves and authentic, I, I believe that culture permeates the business, that leadership permeates the business is a, is a key factor that I, I, I see some founders miss the point, right? They, they, they get pressured by investors to, you know, go do more posts, go get more downloads, go more, get like, uh, links and likes and all this stuff. And those are all vanity measures, but are you really authentic and moving, moving, solving the problem, right? Yeah. And also what's great about this authentic voice is you find out who the right types of partners are. So this isn't a don't ever get venture capital, don't get angel investment. I'm never saying that. I think they're, they're a godsend. Um, I'm just the right, but if it, but if it's done with the right people. I'll give you a great example. So I do this, um, I have a weekly business radio show and I get to interview amazing entrepreneurs and investors. And I interviewed today, and this will be out next week. I interviewed um, the woman who is the exec director for the Long Beach Accelerator. Um, it's a, and, and here's why I bring her up. I was fascinated because when I look at most tech accelerators or startup accelerators, most of them are generally private funded. Um, and like Techstars or YCOM or local regional ones. And what's cool about the Long Beach one is that it is a private part, private public partnership. Why does that matter? Because their goal is to help, you know, if you want to work and be, have your headquarters in Long Beach, but the accelerator is not just to help you raise money. It's also meant to utilize the city's relationships, business development relationships, because Long Beach is a robust economy. Right. And so yeah. you might be, but that is more authentic to someone who is a product-based company who can utilize the diverse audience that Long Beach has versus maybe a e-com product company. Maybe it doesn't make sense for them to be in a tech stars because they have to wait for three months before their product goes live and pitch it. So when you find your authentic voice and what you're about, you would realize that the Long Beach Accelerator was better for you. That's an example of when your authentic voice can help you determine what's the right coaching and when's the what type of coaching is really more yeah, for vanity. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's what I've seen here in in the um, the Orange County as a county hits below its economic weight when it comes to getting businesses started. They're yeah. all like you said, a lot of private situations. What I realized though, that's not unique to Orange County, right? There's a lot of other places that are, have the same sort of situation and kind of look at Silicon Valley and now Silicon Beach as we have. And they kind of say, hmm, I should model my economic development like they're doing. And so I'm really happy to hear about the, you know, the public-private partnerships. I think that's where the intersection is to give the support and to, to build those relationships and fabric. Um, I'm all about um, my armchair sociology is, you know, it's, it's about your relationships, right? Um, yeah. Right. It's, it, there's a glib saying I use sometimes. Here's a mental model I use. Um, it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It, it's not even who knows you. It's mostly who talks about you in a nice way when you're not even there. If you're at that level, amen. if you're there, you are, yeah, amen, yeah. And so, you know what's great about that philosophy is, um, and my the way I interpret it is, um, so I could tell you, in the, I could tell you right now. Let's pretend we never met, and I could be like, yeah, I'm the best podcaster, blah blah blah, or I'm the best interviewer. But if that's just that's just frankly bragging, it's when someone who 
I interviewed reaches out to you saying, Hey, have you met this guy, Ash? The guy can interview or have you met this guy, Ash? He's freaking funny. That is why, um, that is the best. That is also showing your authentic voice. Cause the only time people really praise you is when you show an authentic voice, not how big your kahunas are. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, having, having been, uh, worked in corporate America and that, that whole testosterone, uh, situation absolutely get that uh, doesn't work too well <laughs> you have to be very authentic if you're really going to get move the needle and and help people so yeah it, as 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 you're looking forward to um this transition and and we're coming out of covid and the the it's, it's sort of like the whole world reset and and mm -hmm. you said you you reset yourself but not because of covid for those people that are doing, you know, entrepreneurship and really wanting to, to build their, you know, high tech, high growth, and they're, they've bought into the shark tank approach. What's, what's advice do you have for them? Right. Cause you've, you've been there, you've been yeah. in those situations, right? In fact, why don't you share, you know, what's the funniest situation you've had in, in pitching your business? Oh God, where do I start? Uh, yeah, man. Oh <laughs> man. Um, story of my life. Um, I would say, Honestly, the funniest thing in my life as an entrepreneur has been pretending to be something that I'm not. And for the longest time, I was trying to artificially create ideas and ventures, not because it was true to me, but because I thought there was a, it was a big market opportunity. And I laugh about it now because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I think it's okay to do that. But I think if you want some words of wisdom, it's if you can figure that out earlier than later, then you can spend more time on what's authentic to you. Um, also, I hate to say this, and again, it's a little, it's a little esoteric and spiritual, but uh, maybe for the show, but you're really insignificant in this world of business. So if your idea does not work and your idea, you know, is not make sense for whatever reason, it's okay to get out of it. You don't have to keep on pulling it out. You're, it's, a, you're, it's insignificant compared to the millions of businesses in this country. And what's great about that insignificance is that it's easy to start again. Your reputation, all that stuff, it's no one cares. People are like, cool, you tried, move on, respect. What's next? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's priceless. That's really fantastic advice. I think um, a lot of the generation, the, the uh, certainly the boomer generation above mine, and you know the, the the millennials and all the other generations have had their own views of of what success looks like, right? Yeah. It was a period of time where you compared uh, the the type of car you drove to your neighbor's car, right? Keeping up with the Joneses, right? That's part of our strategy. And and what you're you're saying is, you know, figure out who you are, right? And then navigate the world, right? That's well pretty, said. right? Yeah, right. Um, and I think that goes very much so for uh, for startup entrepreneurs. Like, why are they in it, right? I, I use this philosophy on um, when you said create content, and I and I did, and I this. I think the Silicon Valley spends most of their time talking about tools and techniques, like whether it's the lean business canvas or, you know, the product market fit in customer interviews, they're very mechanical about a lot of different things. And they really talk about that a ton of stuff. And, and I tell people what they really should be doing is figuring out 
a little bit more about their skills and their social connections and their relationships. Yep. Uh, that, that's more important to me. Uh, but what's most important, and I've said it this way, and I think I'm going to have to think about other ways to do it. And I said, that's focus and follow through. And the focus is in your terms, purpose, like what am I really meant to do? And then follow through sticking to it. Yeah. Right. That to me is the most important. And we just don't do a good job of teaching would be entrepreneurs and anybody. In fact, I don't think entrepreneurship is limited to people that are just going to go on Shark Tank. It's frankly, I'd rather see somebody start a, uh, you know, a hundred K, a 50 K business a year, a hundred K year of business and get started and improve their life. Right. And then develop the skills to build and work with others to build cooperatives and other businesses. Right. Yeah. You know, one other thing, and let's, and let's, Take out the esoteric stuff for a second. Or, you know, I, one practical thing is that this is actually a great time to start a business too. There are um, people are so if you can identify the consumer behavior traits. So I'll give you a great example. One of the projects I'm working on, and I is I'm working on a habit course site, and um, and it's on daily habits. One thing I learned over pandemic is that people are spending a crap ton of time doing courses. And my own experience was I was asked by LinkedIn to do a course. So I'm on LinkedIn learning and it was on personal branding fundamentals. I'm not telling this brag, I'm trying to give you context. When I did the course and I saw the engagement, I, I noticed I got a I, I got one or two comp one or two com- uh, comments. One was from from people who purchased the course and they reached out to me. Hey, I loved your course. I, this was super helpful. I was at a state where I needed this. Or um, your course was great, but there was a lot of stuff I had to learn and grasp. And that made me realize, okay, there's a lot of these courses that are that teach you how to develop you know, a mastery of something, which is what mine is. And there's platforms like Masterclass and, you know, uh, Kajabi and all these Udemy and all these Skillshare, there's so many and, and, you know, whatnot. But there's not a, there is a dire need for the fundamentals. So you might see a fitness class on how to develop 21 days to be, to get to lose weight. But what if you don't even know how to exercise or how to become a yoga teacher which I did over pandemic as a hobby. But what about the fundamentals of yoga? What about the fundamentals of meditation? Or what about instead of learning how to write a book, which I know they've been like, I think Dan Robbins has this on masterclass. What about, what are the fundamentals of what to put in a book? And so I bring this up because from the pandemic, I realized that there needs to be um, more fundamental bite-sized kind of courses that gives you a rudimentary understanding that can help you to help tap into whatever your own creative um, interests are. Um, this idea came from the pandemic and I'm sure. now building it with a team. It's called habitcrew.com. It's not live yet. I mean, there's a landing page, but the idea, but I'm bringing this idea because it was from the pandemic that I learned this. So if you can look at your a situation and take yourself out of it and say, what can I learn from the current market? You can come up with your own version of habit crew. And I, frankly, I think this has been helpful in the e-commerce space. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, uh, the the inter- the world is like you said the you know your idea is insignificant in the in the scheme of the world right you know you know it's it's uh, uh, but yet each person's what how they put things together everybody all seven billion or whatever people here right they're on their own learning and whatever they choose to want to learn there's a ton of choices right you know, it's how to put one step in front of the other and and move forward in that direction and get the information and and 
get the mentors and get people around you that that maybe have seen a little bit more. Uh, but but again, at the end of the day, you're charting your own course, right? And that's that well purpose driven, right? Yeah, right. It's like, um, yeah, that, that's cool. I, I I love that. So, uh, Ash, I really appreciate this uh, the interview and that sort of stuff. So so bring us home. How do how does uh, how does the audience get in touch with you? You know, Ash, and you, you know what you've you've already talked about your your product that you're you're launching. Uh, yeah. You want to say that website again, or what? what would you yeah, like? it's habitcrew.com. Um, it's not launching for um, a little while. We're actually um, we're actually I'm using the startup terminology. We're in the testing phase right now. We produce the content and the courses. Now we're just developing the launch strategy and stuff, but. Um, you know, it's funny, you bring up LinkedIn. So I'm very bullish on LinkedIn. So if you are interested in connecting with me, just hit me up on LinkedIn, um, ASH space KUMRA. The other platform I'm on is Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm spending a lot more time on both those platforms for my content and stuff. So yeah, I'm happy to connect with anyone and I can help with anything. Uh, so thanks, Ash. Yeah. So that's uh make sure you check out Ash and, and what he's done. Uh, you know, we didn't get into all the, entrepreneurial younger stuff that he's done and all yeah. the all the other parts the ecosystem but uh ash walks the walk he's been there he's 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 lived where he's wanting to go and he's living life with purpose and and starting a new startup and a new uh, adventure with the comedy clubs and yeah. that stuff i'll be curious to see uh, when you launch a, your own podcast on you know that kind of stuff so thanks man appreciate be great. it great yeah and so uh, please uh, stay tuned uh, every week on Tuesdays, we'll be dropping the Savvy Founder and uh, where you'll be able to have other things. So that's uh, thesavvyfounder.com. Wishing you a bright and profitable future, both in your business and personal lives. Take care. So long. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.